2: Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Grinding to Prime podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with. Yeah. Hey, and today, narrating will be Chai Fox. And today, we're going to break down another episode for you guys. But before we get into that, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Grinding to Prime. There, you can follow our page, like our page, comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Or if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and PodVine. And for those listening to us outside of the US, you can always continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser, go to Rebel Go to redbubble.com, type in Top Fox80, and there you can get some merchandise courtesy of Grinding Two Crime. And if you like what you hear and you wanna leave a donation to support the cause you can leave one on two platforms you can leave one on cash app just type in dollar sign grinding true crimes or if you have a paypal we have one now you can uh just type in at grinding true crimes and you can uh if you like to leave a donation to us to uh to support what we do you can leave it on those two platforms Listeners' discretion is advised because we can't get into details that can be graphic and gruesome and not suitable for a certain audience. So, listeners' discretion is advised. And later, we'll get into details. Um, we might be recording a couple of live episodes this month. It's December, but we'll uh, probably in the next episode we'll let you the guys know when we'll uh, record those lives. But we we are looking into doing maybe two three times a month but we'll let you guys know and one more thing i left out we are on youtube with live recording well not live recording but it has a picture um what are the picturing pictures and uh <laughs> pictures and details of the recording that we did previously so um we are definitely on youtube now we have a few episodes out already So if you want to uh, have a visual of what we talk about, just go on to YouTube and there you can find our our recording. Just type in grinding through crimes as well. Okay. Got through all that.
0: Started a little bit. (laughs) That was a mouthful. (laughs) I'll
2: let you finish now, Todd. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> you guys, yeah. Hey, that hey, was hey. Bad. hey,
0: calm down. Took out of context, out
1: you finished, Todd.
0: <laughs> Damn. They took it out of context. Gabby took it there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that yeah.
1: romance went too far. Hey, that's my brother.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we ain't that close. <laughs> we ain't that close, bro?
1: <laughs> oh
2: my goodness! Well, with all that bantering's over, I'm gonna turn it over to you, Todd, so you can break down your story for tonight.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's get started here. Um, this story was recommended to me by Marilyn Rice, one of our super fans,
2: Marilyn Rice.
0: Yeah. Shout out to her. Um, and her family uh, went through this, uh, this time period of when this took place as she grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, so she talks about, um, or she wrote to us uh, saying that when she was 14 years old in junior high, um, the t- uh, a teacher she had was a cousin of the suspect and people did not even like mentioning his last name because of who he was related to. He had the same last oh, name. Dang. It's that deep. Yeah, it's pretty deep. So um, <clears throat> I don't know if you ever, if you guys have ever heard of the movie natural born killers. Yes. Okay, I
1: think, I, think I have.
0: I think I might've brought it up on another show that we did, but it was, uh, if you're not familiar with it, the audience, Um, It was a 1994 movie uh, directed by Oliver Stone and uh, also starring Woody Harrelson, Juliet Lewis, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Tommy Lee Jones and Tom Sizemore. So it was like a big, big cast, big cast. cast, Yeah. And um, it was about a a couple um, who, you know, have childhood like traumatic things that happen to where they get together, meet each other up and well they become natural born killers together like it's just like the the perfect combination of two twisted people turning into serial killers together so it like it works it works out like in a a trap not a tragic way but a a horrific way because this movie i remember watching it when i was younger i was like damn this thing is graphic so it's like one of those movies when you're younger you have to sneak into you know out of the sneak the movie via vhs when it was on vhs so
1: the good old days
0: yeah the good old days kids
1: don't know what that is anymore
0: they don't know uh but this was a movie um that that grossed a lot of money um and it's this story is kind of based off of that so mm, this should this should tell you something um so, however, uh, this movie <clears throat> was obviously based on on, on the, the time period that that happened. And um, but it, it's, you know, that movie was fictional in a lot of ways because there was a lot of overkill in that movie. You know, they have to stretch it out and they have to make it crazy. It's very bloody, very violent. Um, but it kind of gives you an idea of how this case went down. So uh, with that being said, I had to, like, set it up here. Um but our story takes place in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, in the late 1950s. Um, so we're going to travel back in time here. Uh, Lincoln had a population of under a hundred thousand people at the time, uh, mostly known for its farming communities, very uh, small you know small towns and cities. Uh, but basically, a city where everybody knew each other. And, but the outskirts are growing, mostly cornfields, stuff like that. So it wasn't a big uh, you know. Um, big big uh, city type deals more of your outskirts type of city so nebraska was growing but but that's how it was back then
1: i've what? been there i've been to nebraska and it's pretty open
0: flatland right yeah corn huskers yeah the corn huskers you're right um but you hear these crime episodes all the time uh on podcasts and sleepy towns and things like that um, you always hear when they say, "Oh, you know, back in the day, we used to leave our doors unlocked and uh, having a you know safe area to live in, so people people trusted everything." And um, so these people, unfortunately, in the story, you'll you'll see you know how, how trusting these people were, and and unfortunately, the repercussions of what happens of being nice people, you know, in a safe area. And uh, being an w- unfortunate uh, victim to a, a psychopath. But yeah. uh, in, the, in the words of a huge douche, I know, to get the story started, welp. <laughs> <laughs> you know where that was from. <laughs> <I> don't <laughs> don't
2: be so disrespectful, of Todd.
0: <laughs> I do mean huge, by the way. Hey, man. Hey,
1: man. I don't, don't that. know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke, but I had, I had a lot of
2: yeah, joke.
0: I, you're very disrespectful there, Tommy. <laughs> we'll tell you after, Gabby. we will tell you. After. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's talk about the person in question, Charles Starkweather. I don't know if you heard of Starkweather. him. Starkweather. Stark
1: Starkweather. Stark. Interesting.
0: Yeah, he's this is a guy that um that name is is very very um like uh you don't hear that too much, but Starkweather sounds like a rich, powerful person, correct? Sounds oh, like a Jedi or something. <laughs> Jedi.
1: sounds like iron man
0: <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> iron man he's got his own company and everything <laughs> um, that's a complete opposite um his family life was paycheck to paycheck struggling blue collar family mm-hmm. um you know a lot of kids things like that so that was if if you wanted to look up blue collar struggling family paycheck to paycheck what i just described it, it was basically the stark his, uh, his father, um, you know, Guy was his name. So Guy Starkweather and Helen Starkweather struggled to keep jobs uh, during this time. Uh, Guy, because of his arthritis, and he had rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and in that time, you know, in the 50s, you know, that's hard, hard to have arthritis with a limited amount of pain medication and the knowledge of, the, uh, you know. Very true. That's very true. Yeah. And imagine, dude back then without the medication and having to be like doing something physical like plumbing that's that's what his dad was doing damn
1: that's been painful
0: yeah so there'd be times where he just couldn't work he was in too much pain um and then the mom she was you know if if she wasn't uh you know working at uh you know at the local restaurants or because she was a waitress she was pumping Mm -hmm. out kids like every other year um They had seven kids.
1: Dang, they were bored.
0: Yeah. One my mom and dad, huh? Yeah, guy was like, Hey, what's on TV? Not stopping, <laughs> <it>, man. <laughs> and then and then Helen's like, nothing. And then Guy's like, Well, let's go make some babies. <laughs> and how did she answer Todd? She's all, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, well. I oh no, yeah.
1: I say, aye. Oh yeah,
0: aye. You're being very disrespectful to the Stark weather sir. The pullout method was not part of their routine. Oh, they didn't believe in pulling out at nothing <laughs> except babies. Exactly. Well, the baby's done being delivered. The Stark will <laughs> be coming in about nine months. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was sexy talk afterwards, by the way. Oh, uh, oh wow. Seven years.
1: They probably made another baby after that.
0: Pretty much. <laughs> Them people are fertile just like the land of corn. <laughs> uh, so Charles was born the third out of the seven. Um, he was born November 24th, 1938.
1: Oh, these um, November weirdos.
0: Yes, another November. I
1: guess, I guess I'm a weirdo then. That that settles it.
0: You know, you know what we should have did, Gabby? We should have wrote down all the November serial killers. She's probably, has
2: yeah. probably been the most.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, I'm you. about November.
2: i didn't I'll even start
1: making it, a list now.
2: Todd, <laughs> if something happens to me.
1: You
0: <laughs> know, we
2: know who's the culprit. We know who the culprit. Look at the months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, that's the thing. I, I didn't really even think about it until, like, you know, a couple months prior in one of our episodes that Gabby brought it up. I'm like, you know, she's right. <clears throat> so. But, uh this one's weird too because he wasn't he didn't he, he didn't have no traumatic injuries as a kid you know we have to whenever we profile a serial killer we talk about the tendencies the wetting the bed the the killing of animals oh, wow. um you know traumatic you know brain issues or drug issues none of that he was just a quiet kid um unassuming um got picked on in high school or j- junior high and in, in, in uh, elementary but not much after that, um, because the only thing they could get at him was for his bow He was a little bow you know, where your legs are crooked?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, there was, you know, and then back then, again, we're going back to a time where now all these kids are snowflakes, and you say one thing about a kid, and then they, you know, they run to the teacher, and then the kid that said, hey, you know, I don't like your hair, it's like, oh, you're suspended for two weeks. You know, like, or you say any, anything related to the person's, you know, gender or race. It's like, boom, you're, you're gone from school. Like, back then, they don't understand kids today. I mean, you could say anything and just rip them up one side and down the other. And then the teacher's like, hey, you just got to defend yourself, you know. Get out there and punch them in the face. And then you punch them in the <laughs> face. You're suspended. You know, like, you, lo- you get, lost either way. Get what happened? <laughs> Or they gave him some swats. There you go. Yeah. I mean, there was like back then, it's like you got to you, you got to stick up for yourself. No one was going to stick up for you. You know? Yeah. At all. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, though, the bow legged comets would keep coming fast and furious when he got into high school, though. <clears throat> and um, he was starting to get get tired of it. So he got a little, you know, a little older and a little bigger. And instead of um you know stopping the trend and getting people to stop picking on him he reinforced his dominance and started to bully other people so he didn't learn anything from the bullies he turned he turned the bullying around to the people he could bully so he turned into a bully wow yeah so he was mad at
1: me when when kids get picked on and bullied i understand like you get mad and you've had enough and then you start beating them up or or, you know hitting back and stuff but turning into one and abusing other kids that's so sad
0: it is it is and uh you could tell he wasn't happy with himself a lot of people would say and um he came into his own um he graduated high school and he began to work as a uh was a garbage man so Hmm. <clears throat> and then in 1955, shortly before he graduated high school, and we'll go back a little bit. You ever heard of the movie uh, *Rebel Without a Cause*? Oh. no. Okay, it was a it was a famous actor. If you look him up, uh, James Dean. He he kind of died tragically, like the dude from uh, *Fast and Furious* racing cars. Um, back then in the 50s, he was slick back hair, white wife beater, tank top type shirt. Um the whole the whole uh, leather jacket uh tight you know uh denim jeans and boots and he had the cigarette it was just a cool look back then because it was opposite of the whole straight up pocket protector glasses you know combed (laughs) hair you know what i mean like like squared kid you know like james dean looked like a a true rebel without a cause like he like like he's living the, the life he wants to you know, what's
2: that guy? What's that guy from uh, Back to the Future? Uh, Biff.
0: Biff, sort of. No, no. Actually, James Dean looked cooler than Biff. Biff really? Still, Biff as uh, as a bully in Back to the Future was still square looking compared to James. Just Google James Dean. He's, I wish. Yeah, he died too young in real life. He, uh, Dang. Same same way the dude from uh, Fast and the Furious, right when his career was getting going, he died in a car accident. So. Dang. Uh, yeah. But uh, this guy, Starkweather, uh, his senior year and beyond, would start uh, mimicking him. he starts slicking his hair back with the oil and the grease, uh, got himself a leather jacket because, you know, his parents weren't going to pay for that. Um, mm-hmm. Got the denim jeans, rolled up the cuffs on the bottom, <clears throat> you know, wore the boots, got a chain wallet. Like, he was just all into it. <clears throat>
1: I used to like that look.
0: Yeah, it was like the rebel look, and I think, in the... Early two thousands or something like that. Or... Uh,
1: yeah, I
0: know some people used to wear it like that. Early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, and it's a good look. I mean, if you could pull it off. But anyway, um, nineteen fifty eight. He's nineteen years old at this point, and the second person that's gonna pop into our our uh, our show and the case is Carolyn Fugit. Fugit. Fugit yeah That's they had name. them the names boy yeah she's like ah fugit <laughs> 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 but uh this this chick wasn't exactly a saint herself this is a problem she oh. once, She once told a, a teacher for um you know that scolded her and got after her for not completing the assignment that uh, not that she's that she hates her or that uh, she can go to hell or something like that she's like no i'm gonna kill you Straight up, straight up death threat. He said fugue you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll fugue you so bad you'll, you'll, you'll hit you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but but here's the problem with this, uh, cause when two people meet up, it's like, oh man, and especially when, when two people that are kind of diabolical or have these kind of tendencies, because again, these people are not on the per proverbial rails right here. They're kind of both off the tracks a little bit.
1: It doesn't go well. Nope.
0: Exactly. And uh the difference with these two as well is Starkweather Charles meets her when he's just about to turn nineteen years old and she's only thirteen, about to turn fourteen.
1: Dang, she was that young?
0: Dang. Yep. She was in junior high when he met her.
1: And she's already threatening a teacher?
0: Yep. Yep. and he's nineteen. And he's nineteen, yeah.
1: That's nasty.
0: There we have it. Yeah, and he's going to the parents. Like, I want to date your daughter, and uh, they're all all right. I'm not too happy about it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they say they <laughs> well, say they oh, care. Well, well, some well, it's funny because Fugit's parents were they were upset, but they weren't like telling him no as well. Like he would come over to the house and everything, and then um. Starkweather's parents were like, well, he's 19 years old. He can do whatever he wants to. And that's like, (laughs) okay.
1: Uh, Like those that don't agree with it, but don't interfere.
0: Perfect. Perfectly said, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have a date. Uh Uh-oh. You know what that means when we have a date? (laughs) What happens? Something tragic. Yes, unfortunately, it is the date of November thirtieth. So we stay in his favorite date, uh,
1: oh.
0: or his month. I'm sorry, uh, no, November thirtieth, nineteen fifty seven, is uh, Charles was stopping at a convenience store to buy a bit a gift for Carol because they had been seeing each other for a little bit now, and uh, you know he wanted to get her one of those monthly anniversaries. You know, like you know how the kids count like every month, like it's, a month anniversary. Yeah. It's been two and a half months anniversary. You got to give me flowers or a card. (laughs) Two and a half months?
2: (laughs) That's true.
1: I've known people that do it like every month after they get married for the first year. But half months and you're dating...
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. it'll be like, you know, remember no. that day it rained? It's rain day celebration. I mean, it was a rain day celebration. So. You no, know, of our of our relationship. I don't know. It was like the third time it rained on our on a date. It worked for Could us. never understand that. Yeah, I don't they find kids especially or high schoolers will find any kind of anniversary. I don't know. I saw that a lot. I did too. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not explaining it right, but anyway, we'll <laughs> move on move on. Yeah. Um but the gift he wanted to get her, he didn't have enough money to purchase it. So I guess he had spent a lot of that garbage money, literally. Uh, so <laughs> so he he didn't have enough, you know, to pay for things. So what do you think he did? He robbed the grocery store or the liquor store. Okay. Yeah,
1: threatened the clerk and got what he wanted.
0: Okay, you both are technically right, but not all the way. So I'll give you half points. Um, what. Well, uh, yeah, he first offered the gas attendant credit. He's all. <laughs> he pulled the whole thing from, uh what is it, Popeye? Do you remember Popeye?
2: Uh, Popeye the sailor, man.
0: Do you remember Wimpy? Wimpy, yeah. When he would be I'll like. I'll
2: pay you a burger on Tuesday.
0: Yep. For a hamburger today or something like that. <laughs> okay, he said, I'll, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> <laughs> and of course he always said no so he offered credit he's like i'll gladly pay you for that stuffed animal or whatever he was buying you know on another day and uh the attendant said of course not you know like he's he's not interested in that he can't do that robert Colvert was the attendant he was only 21 years old
1: was well, that tells us everything
0: yeah he um he said no and charles did not like this so charles just up and left and said you know whatever so he shut the door and uh you know a couple days went by and charles had or not a couple days went by a couple hours went by and charles was stocking the the uh liquor store and was you know checking out everything and making sure no one else was around <laughs> and he went back in with a gun and uh <clears throat> he he ordered a robber to empty the register which uh, Robert did, and uh, Charles recouped $100, and he he said that wasn't enough, so he took Charles by gunpoint to his car and drove to a wide-open field. That doesn't sound good. No, at all. Nope. And uh, Charles, uh, newly married and uh, a father-to-be, was shot in the head at point-blank range with a shotgun. With a shotgun? Yep.
1: Oh, damn.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't survive to that. Wait, nope.
1: Both their names are Charles.
0: No, Robert. Robert was. I'm sorry. Ro- oh, Robert okay. was the attendant. They, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, but this gave Charles a mental high. And uh, if you saw the movie, you know, we we'll go back to that movie, Natural Born Killers. Woody Harrelson's character just got it, uh, like almost a sexual to just an emotional high of murdering somebody so that's this was good
1: when their first kill and then they get like that that's it it's yeah ridiculous.
0: he was he was salivating at the mouth he loved it so
1: really?
0: yeah um there's a shotgun to the head yo shotgun yeah and uh so when police got to the liquor store later on and figured out you know after someone came by and said hey there's no one working in the cash register and they called the cops the cops came down there and they investigated they were looking around then someone found the body in the field later on that day unfortunately and uh you know the police credit the police at the time they weren't a lot of johnsons at the time but they were looking into it and they were you know asking people about it and and doing their actual job wow
1: yeah. awesome.
0: right <laughs> with, our, <laughs> with our stories right gabby that never works. Yeah. Out. <laughs> But uh, they were investigating this case and they were pulling up leads. They were, they were, but Charles never, even though he had somewhat of a background of being a wild card, was never interviewed. So they basically interviewed most of Lincoln, Nebraska on this case in the two months and never asked Charles, never had him on the radar at, at all.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. And those two months would, you know, would, uh, <clears throat> would go by with charles basically keeping himself in line and for fear of the police not wanting to lash out again but he kept having dates and you know the hundred dollars went by pretty quick and i guess he had bills or he wasn't working all that much um he started you know started running out of money so he was planning on doing something again to to make up for that loss of cash <clears throat> but um, we have another date because uh, trouble would start again in uh, January of 1958, January 21st, to be exact. And this is this is where all hell would break loose, guys. It's only uh,
1: like a month and a half later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dang. No, nearly two months. <clears throat> yeah. So um, he would uh go over to her family's house. Um, you know, to have dinner, and um, he goes over to uh to to uh hang out with his stepfather Marion Bartlett. He had a different name because the wife had remarried, and uh, what was the one? And Velda, Velda was um Carolyn's mother. Um, she was she was under Vel- Velda Bartlett at the time, but her, you know Fugit was her maiden name, or. Hmm previous marriage i'm sorry Mm. and they're over there and they're at the at their house which is like a pretty big farmhouse pretty big you know ranch style home just nice plot of land and everything and we don't have the content of the argument or what led up to it but at some point during the dinner or after the dinner there was some argument And speculation is because it was something to do with their relationship. I guess maybe Carolyn's family was over it. Um, But there was some sort of argument that broke out. And uh, just like any wussy and a guy who's taste blood at the time and a murderer that he is, he just went for the gun right away.
1: Dang.
0: And he shot her stepfather point blank in the head. Oh my God! Yeah, and here's where it gets uh really disturbing, and so again, this is a listen. Like Maddie said, listener discretion is advised at this point. So he shoots the father, stepfather, in the head, point blank. He's down. He's down. Velda, which is his wife and her mom, starts to scream and plead for her life. Um she is then uh also shot in the face and the chest
2: oh Velda.
0: yeah dropping her to the to the uh to the ground next unfortunately and this is where it's hard to stomach she had a two year old stepsister oh Uh, yeah two year old stepsister and um she is she is now um I hate this she starts to scream out of, out of the pain of the you know seeing her her mom and dad go down with a gun because even at two years old almost three years old the kid's pretty smart with that or it can, can tell you know that there's danger yeah. or something horrific right mm-hmm. uh yeah Charles went over there with a the butt of the gun and started to beat the oh. girl over the head um That wasn't enough. Uh he began to uh stab the girl in the throat. What the heck?
1: The hell is wrong with him?
0: Yeah. So she dies. Um so Why did
1: he shoot her if he was gonna kill her? What the hell? That's he got like the most violent with a child?
0: The two year old, yep.
1: That's tacked up, man. Sick bastard.
0: Yep and How then do he, I
2: why his name was not brought up anymore
0: yeah yeah i mean it's that's that's truly evil and then he doesn't get enough of that he takes the, the same knife from the girl's throat and takes it over to the father's and begins to just stab the crap out of his throat even though he's already dead Oh, heck? that's just over to kill now i hate to say it but at this point keep those details in your head there's a twist a oh big, uh, big twist so keep those in your mind for later you know okay. yeah. um so what happens now after this is um the two actually put a note on the front of the door of the house and that's a big family the bartlett's And they have people neighbors and stuff you know again it's back in the 50s people visit each other they don't you don't have cell phones you don't have email um yeah you just show up exactly (laughs) exactly and these people are coming by the home and they're seeing a note saying hey stay away the family's really sick we'll get back in touch with you when we feel better and some people are buying it but some people aren't and one of them is the mother for um velda uh, she's a little perplexed. So she knocks on the door one of the days that they're, that she comes by, like the third day. <clears throat> and uh, her granddaughter answers, which is Carol, and she says, the you know, repeats the same thing that's on the paper. And she's like, I don't think they're still sick. I want to talk to my daughter. How come I can't talk to my daughter? Where's your mother? And she just makes up an excuse. And so the grandmother says, well, you know what? I'm going to come back with the police because I think there's something going on here. And this is like five days later, right? hmm so at this point, the Starkweathers are like, you know what? Uh, not Starkweather, but Charles is like, we got to get out of here. Um, they're going to find out. And they've been living in this house with the bodies just sitting there. Oh, for that, five days.
1: How is she okay with this?
0: Well, we'll get to that. We will get to that. So oh. what happens is they take the body of her mother and... They put it in the outhouse, which if you don't know what an outhouse is, you go to the bathroom. outside bathroom, outside bathroom. Back then it was like a wooden thing with a hole. You take a dump mm-hmm. into this, like, you know, <laughs> to this, like, I guess we're uh, latrine or whatever on the bottom. There's like really no plumbing. You, you wind up like draining it later if you do drain it at all. But usually it just goes into this big hole.
1: They dumped her in there
0: shoved the body after wrapping her in a blanket in the hole of the outhouse outhouse to where she fell into the the waste, the human
1: waste.
0: Oh! Then they took her...
1: That is so disrespectful.
0: It is. It's very disrespectful. Um, Then they took the the body of her, her, her stepsister and put it in a box and put it over the top of the outhouse hole. Not in the hole, but over the top.
2: That mm-hmm. is so
0: wrong. Yep. And then also uh, they took uh, the father and took him to the chicken coop and tried to bury him under the hay and the chickens inside the chicken coop. Wow. Okay. Mm-mm. So all this before leaving. <clears throat> so. And, and, uh, like Gabby said,
2: how is she okay with all this? Well, That's let me- her- oh, go ahead. I'm just saying that's her people's like how is he how is she okay with this
0: well let me ask you guys do you think at this point she's a hostage or a willing participant
2: being that she witnessed him killing all of them and she sees that he ain't scared to use the gun I'm gonna say she's a hostage okay
1: I'm split because you said earlier that she was twisted just like him
2: yeah, but I don't think she's that twisted.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm split, but I'm gonna go for the opposite. She's participant.
0: Okay, we'll hold on to those answers as we move along here. So on the 27th, the police found the horrific scene. So this is like I think six days later. Um, because the grandma came back with the police, and they did a wellness check ba- even back then. And uh, it made the news because they could not believe the bodies and where they were found. They searched the property. And because obviously they walked in there, these idiots didn't do a good job anyway of cleaning the blood. There was blood and the shells of the gun. So they knew that someone got murdered there. So they eventually searched the property and found all three bodies. And,
1: oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So this turned into a huge thing. So now you had the, the Nebraska Highway Patrol, the just every you know the, the police surrounding cities, they're all looking for, for Charles and uh, Fugit now because they're 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 figuring okay Charles has stole the daughter, um, they're on the run, he's got a hostage, you know we need to we need to get this piece of crap as fast as possible.
2: <clears throat>
0: but at the time when they're investigating that house, uh, the uh, Charles and his girl uh, Carol. They go down the road, and their car gets stuck in this like little muddy area. It must have just rained, or you know, just the car just gets into a ditch where it's either they lost control or just got stuck. And um, Charles, it was the next city over in Bennett, Nebraska, and uh, he realized that he had a family friend that he could he uh, that you know he used to go fishing with with his father. And he's like, I need, you know, we can go hang out over at August's house. He was a German, August Meyer. Uh, He had a farmhouse. He's like, let's go to the Meyer's house. We can go over there. We, you know, we can hang out. I know him. And so he grabbed uh, Carol, and they they went over there. They knocked on the door. Uh, August answers the door, and uh, he he says, Yeah, come on in. And uh, August turns his back to Charles. And Charles unloads a shot right in the back of his head. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he drops him right then and there. Damn, and and
1: that was your friend?
0: That was, yeah, that was like another uncle to him, but not family related. You know what I mean? Like, he used to go on fishing trips, hunting trips when he was a kid. Uh, He learned a lot from this guy, and uh, he didn't care. He just shot him in the back of the head and then proceeded to shoot his uh, trusty dog that tried to attack Charles right after.
2: So, this dude is just bloodlust.
0: Yeah, at this point, it's, uh, again, it's turning into a sexual high. Not, I, I can't say sexual high, but, like, an emotional, like, thrill. Thrill kill.
2: Yeah. Yeah, He's
0: Yeah. so he, <clears throat> they rummaged, they left his body on the floor right where they shot him, didn't try to move him, nothing like that. Um, they would eat the food, they would hang out, um, sleep there for the night, and, uh, and and basically searched the home for more weapons and uh things that they could take you know on their way um so he he would leave the um the the farmhouse to go back for the car but the car was not moving still so they had to come back to uh you know to the to the farmhouse but it was getting it was getting late at this time because you know they spent the whole day over at a ghost house so they were like you know what we gotta get uh you know we gotta get a ride we gotta get a car from somebody so as they were gonna walk back to um the Myers house which was August's house um they unfortunately ran into or unfortunately for these two they ran into uh, a couple which was robert jensen 17 and they were fiance's 17 jensen and 16 year old girlfriend carol king uh they were driving down the road and offered them a ride so being on you know really nice people in a nice area or you know unsuspecting area they're like oh look at these two people they're out around eight nine o'clock at night they need a ride let's let's pull over okay
1: and that's why you can't you can't pick up nobody
0: exactly and uh you know they're they get picked up and at the next day you know in the morning a friend of august comes over again and they find him in the doorway shot in the head uh police search the house and uh here's where it sucks too as they search August's house that next day they would find uh august in the doorway again and robert jensen the, the teenager, 17-year-old, with six gunshots to the back of the head in the, storm, in the storm shelter. He was thrown down into the storm shelter.
1: With Dang. the same shotgun? Uh, Yes. Oh, my God. These, so These people, like, six to the head. That must have been a really jacked up scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah, his body was twisted, too, at the bottom of the storm shelter. So, when they went down there to pick up or try to recover the body or try to, you know, check on the body and see if they could find evidence. In the side of the storm shelter, like off to the side, was the body of his girlfriend and uh, fiance. Uh, She was also shot in the head. However, it's a little, again, a little graphic here. She was uh, half naked from the waist down. She was shot twice in the back of the head. Uh, Charles attempted to rape her, but couldn't. So disturbing about that even more is the fact that when they checked her vaginal area, her um, vaginal area was mutilated and stabbed all over. Several times with a knife. Almost like 30 times. Her oh
2: vaginal oh area?
0: God. Yes. Her vag- She
1: was already dead when he was trying to rape her?
0: Uh, we will get into that, but not oh. at this point. Yeah, I, I I gotta get to those details later. Um, but she was she was stabbed all over her vagina and crotch area, like violently, not just like you know poking at her or whatever. But it was described as violent.
1: Oh Dang. God.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so um, well, I might as well get into it now since we're right on it, but. Um the stabbings would be debated for a long time after this and was and the truth was never really um revealed on this because there was uh, conflicting s- stories about what happened and conflicting statements but the police believed that Starkweather tried to rape her and he couldn't get it up cuz that's been established but um, they don't think it was Starkweather who did the stabbing on her as a fit of rage. They think because Carol was there and she was upset the fact that Starkweather was trying to be intimate with another woman, that she did the mutilation.
1: Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's possible.
0: Yeah, that's the debate right there. So, um... Yeah, so the police were investigating this, and and uh, you know, <clears throat> at the same time, you know, later on that day, the next, you know, the next day, schools, the students around before lunchtime were being told to go home. Like, like, like they were trying to, you know, send people home because now you got a maniac out there. There's, there's now seven dead bodies, you know, in a short period of time. So the police are driving around telling people to lock their doors. You know it's Lincoln Nebraska you know if you don't have a gun if you have uh multiple guns give one to a neighbor that doesn't have one arm yourself lock your doors uh the- Dang. Yeah, Dang. they're 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 tripping because they don't know if these people are still in town you know and they don't want any more bloodshed and now the you know you got also posses forming of guys like hey let's get into max truck and drive down the street you get Jim Bob Billy Bob Joe Bob your Bob. <laughs> And get in the back of the truck and we'll just take shotguns and start shooting at random things. All right. You forgot Billy Bob. (laughs) There you go. A lot of Billy Bobs. You tell Billy one, you tell Billy Two. So (laughs) they were armed to a T, they were like, We're not gonna let this happen, you know?
2: I'm not gonna lie. If I was living in a small town like that or a town like that where, you know, uh a maniac is loose, I probably would call you up, Todd, and gather gather the troops and be like, Hey, let's go get this dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, because now it's like shoot to kill, man. These guys need to yeah. die. Yeah,
2: because they they're showing no remorse.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing, though. These guys do the right thing. The police are doing the right thing. They actually put up roadblocks, and and you know the public's out there in those pickup trucks we described, and they're 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 searching the neighborhoods. Problem is, Charles and Carol go to the rich end of the area on the way opposite side of town, so they're in an area that they're not expecting them to be in so the the problem with this is they broke into a home with of a well well-known industrialist he owned his own company rich guy uh 47 year old c lowell ward um he returned home from work and uh, his wife and maid were all at home and uh you know he's a very important company man you know he's got he's got to be at work he's got to run the you know he's a well-known guy so uh the next day when uh he didn't check in to work didn't come in it was late in the afternoon they sent an assistant down there you know the guy that always pulls the coffee for the the front room you know the the, the people the, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: the temporary person uh he went down there to check in on the family and check in and see maybe what happened with c uh, c lao and um he went down there and he saw Mr. Ward in his uh, what is it, front door dead of a gunshot wound to the back of the head um, in a pool of blood. He's he's on the on the floor in his little walkway leading into the uh, front door of the house.
1: Oh, that's sad.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the police would come real quick and they would find uh, after they found uh, Mr. Ward in his uh, front front room house of the front door sorry <laughs> um they found uh also his wife upstairs with stab wounds to the neck chest back but in overkill fashion so oh we're talking about like psycho status you know the movie where it's like re re you know like she's stabbed crazy like again it's overkill they're using aggressive violent terms of how these people are killed yeah
2: so how many how many has he killed so
0: far well this is nine so far this is nine and the tenth one would be the maid um she appeared to suffer again these murders are not all the same the maid was found tied up to the bed the wooden bed you know um she had stab wounds all over her chest some superficial some deep um, and then she had some on her throat as well, just like the father, you know, stepfather. And uh, there was a knife that uh, or knife wounds that were pre uh, on her arms and legs that were pre-death, pre-mortem. So she was tortured, hey. you know, and
2: they
0: and there, and there. The, uh, they weren't confirming, but there, there might have been some sexual things with her as well. But he
2: couldn't get it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, but she was tied up in torture. I mean, that sucks, man.
1: How old was she?
0: Uh, she was in her mid 30s.
2: Oh, man.
1: Dang, she was young.
0: So again, now the mayor is freaking out because now you got 10 dead bodies within maybe a 48-hour period or less. So, um, and this is a town that, you know, probably would get one every 3 months, 4 months, something like that
1: um uh, if i lived there i'd be freaking out already too
0: yeah i mean now now it's just it's blowing up you know so the mayor puts out a call he actually calls local government and ask and request uh or not local national government guard. yeah he he requests the national guard he, he makes he makes a phone call to the uh the capital actually
2: it's crazy they you don't know how many people are involved in this point
0: like nobody knows
2: but yet, this only one man is causing this much terrorism in this town.
0: Yep, and that's, that's that's crazy, right? And this is and again, this is the '50s, man. This stuff's not supposed to be happening. I mean, no. Unfortunately, nowadays we live in such a violent, uh, you know, world where you know this can come on the daily. You so someone kills like twenty-five people in a mass shooting. It's like, damn, that sucks. There's prayer vigils, but then we move on. You know, like a like a few days. Yeah. A day. Yeah. Know? this kind of case stuck with this town forever you know and it still leaves a, a you know a black eye on this community but, yeah <clears throat> but yeah this was crazy back in the day and just like what you know carolyn had brought up you know in the message she wrote me was you know yeah the, the, the guy's cousin Man. you didn't want to say starkweather because it was like a curse word yeah um but, but they, they stole they stole the wards packard which is a very nice car for the day it was a 1956 black packard and uh they started heading toward towards wyoming so they were leaving nebraska as the whole state of uh nebraska was freaking out about them uh they were driving into wyoming but the but the car was too nice for wyoming because wyoming's like a country area you know no one's driving around with that they're still mostly on horseback back then yeah yeah so um Charles wanted to get a better car and uh, he came across a 37 year old tra- traveling salesman by the name of Merrill Collison and uh, he asked uh, Merrill he woke him up from a deep sleep because the guy had been driving all night trying to support his family and sell I don't know whatever traveling salesman sold back in the day um, and he woke him up with nine shots to the chest and head Dang. Dang! Yeah, he obliterated this dude in his own car, and then dragged his body out of the car and threw him in a ditch. And you got blood and guts, skull fragments all over the, you know, the front seat. And he just sits in there calmly and was trying to start the car up. Yeah, oh, man, this, he's this so
1: nasty. This guy is just
0: sick. Yep. Now here's here's a uh, here's here's where it gets kind of crazy too because being the 50s wyoming you know the cars pulled over and they see a a young girl over there too right next to him it looks like he's trying to get the car going but he can't release the emergency brake so he's struggling he's getting pissed you know a little uh a geologist who's in the area 27 year old joe sprinkle he he walks over and uh what do you think happens
2: yeah, I'm going to say he tries to help the guy, and then upon discovery, he sees the dead body, and then he gets shot by Charles.
1: What he said.
2: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have to agree.
2: No. Hey, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Why are you being so disrespectful? Well,
0: what happens here is a twist, because this is one of the twists of the story. Um Ooh. Yeah, Joe goes over there like the good Samaritan, and everything is leading to what you guys were talking about. He should he should get shot and killed because this guy is just trigger happy, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, Joe is he's he's a uh, sort of the kind of guy that's tired of being picked on. So when Charles puts points the shotgun to him and says, "Okay, buddy, you're dead," and you know, like, "I want your car or help me right here," and then I'm gonna kill you. He's he's had something snapped in Joe, and he's like, "Nah, screw you!" And he grabs the gun, and it goes off, but it misses him. And he's oh. he's in a fight now, and and Charles Charles is not winning the fight. You know, Joe's oh. pushing him back. They're you know, and so she's freaking out. And as they're fighting, out of nowhere, here comes a highway patrolman. Just out of nowhere and he come and he and he sees you know two men fighting with a gun he comes out starts shooting his gun in the air like yeah pop 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 <laughs> 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 hey you two stop it and then uh carol comes over and says hey that's the starkweather guy he's trying to kill me and so she runs towards a, a squad car and kind of hunkers down the officer tries to break things up joe lets go of the gun and so does charles and charles runs into the uh to the packard the the car they were driving before and he starts taking off and then we got ourselves a good old-fashioned car chase uh now the wyoming police officer or, or highway patrolman gets on the radio and says hey god we got you they're like speak speak american and then he's like we've got a car chase oh yeah. and there's like <laughs> 10 more cops that come over and they 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 get into this long you know chase with him, and uh, Sweet. yeah, there, there's uh, so there's like five or six cars actually that are chasing him, and uh, it's not like the car chases today. They're <laughs> they're letting loose with them the bullets, man. They're they're shooting as they're driving down these these roads. Oh, that's caring. a wild,
2: wild chase, man, huh?
0: Yeah, they're not caring that uh, there could be potential people in harm's way. They're like, shoot them shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> No pit maneuvers on this one. uh, No pit maneuvers at all. They're just shooting at about 75 to 80 miles per hour. Dang. Yeah. And so um, this is the weirdest one, though. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't care about you. You would think about his life. He's just snuffed out all these people. And as they're shooting at him, the weirdest thing happens. A bullet pierces the back of the car, goes into, you know, where he's at, it just grazes the side of his head and maybe takes a little chunk of his earlobe off. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that triggers him to stop the car. He's like, I don't want to die. And he stops. What? Just like that. Man. <laughs> so
1: the girl... My mind is still on how the girl said that's a Starkweather guy who's trying to kill me. She flipped
2: on him. Well, and
1: I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if she really was a victim or she did that so that she wouldn't get blamed for anything.
0: Well, let's get into that. So as they arrest him, they don't they don't keep shooting at him because he puts up his hands. He pulls over the whole nine. Uh, this is a media story from all over the nation. I mean, people come in that they want to see this thing. uh the National Guard actually has to come in to beat off the people from the courthouse because, you know, everyone wants to keep keep it, you know, catch an eye. The newspapers are covering it. So it's huge because you have 11 dead, 10 and eight days. You know, the other victim was two months prior. And now you have, you know, as this case goes to court the next year, in between that, like Gabby said, They were investigating Carol, and they were finding holes in her stories. And initially, Charles said, it's not her. It's all me. I did everything. I kidnapped her, blah, blah, blah. But as they were trying to interrogate her and just try to figure out where her head was and and how she felt about... She didn't show any remorse for her mother, didn't show any remorse for her stepfather, nor her... Uh, sister-in-law or not sister-in-law uh, half-sister
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: and uh, she was not traumatized by the other murders at first she tried to play it off but she just had no emotion so police and investigators went back to Charles and finally they said hey you know you're going to get this this and that and they were giving him you know basically saying hey you're gonna get the death penalty you know you're taking the heat for all this stuff he flipped it and said no she's the one that stabbed the girl in the vagina she's the one she's the one get this who beat her half sister I finished her off she beat her initially with the butt of the gun oh yes wow she was a willing participant in the couple as well Uh, killing them as well. She's, uh, he said that he, that she had unloaded a couple bullets into, uh, Jensen's head. So, (laughs) yeah, this was not looking good for either one of them. Um, she in, in court, uh, as a case drawn on, she, she, uh, Charles was, uh, given the death penalty. He copped everything, even though, you know, uh, or even though he pleaded guilty, not at first, but he, uh, he pleaded guilty at first but then went uh, innocent and then they had the trial he was found guilty uh, Charles would then also turn state's witness even though he had nothing to lose nothing to win and he went against Carol in court and testified that she was a willing participant that she was not um, innocent <clears throat> she showed no emotions was not uh, by her lawyer allowed to take the stand and um She was given life in prison. Mm. Life in prison. Um, So almost, you know, these, the two cases would be, uh, you know, finished in court November 21st, 1959, nearly a year uh, after everything began. Um, Charles' last uh, meal was uh, two cold cut sandwiches and a Coca-Cola. Really? Yeah. So what do you think his last words were?
2: Uh probably something like uh John Wayne Gacy. Kiss my you know what.
0: <laughs> Gabby? No. <laughs> oh, oh, you had another one?
1: No, <laughs> no I don't know, go babe.
0: No,
2: honestly, he probably was I don't know. He, he seemed kinda evil, so he probably just said, um Yeah, kiss my head. <laughs>
1: okay, kiss my head, sorry. Based on your guys' inside joke, I'm gonna say he said, Well,
0: <laughs> That's you know, that, yeah, that would have been fitting but uh actually his last words as he was let to the electric chair mind you that electric chair good good yeah he he died a uh, painful death but uh his last words was what's your rush
1: wow <laughs>
0: wow yeah exactly That's
1: some nerve.
0: some yeah. wait till you see pictures of this a-hole he how was, long
1: Take before he was convicted to him being killed.
0: Uh, just over a year. Mm. Why yeah. don't
1: they do these things right away? I don't get that.
0: Mm. Well, actually, actually, you know what? No, I I take that back. Uh, November twenty first, fifty nine was when he was sentenced. On June twenty fifth, nineteen fifty nine. So you're looking at uh, what eight months? So under a year. He was put. Wait. 59 of november he was convicted yeah and then june 25th he was uh he was put to death of neck of the following year following year i'm sorry yeah sorry okay (laughs) how about to say you went backwards bro (laughs) he got in his delorean and then (laughs) yeah dang. So, so yeah he was he was put to death right there um so Carol would start her. Let's talk about her though. She would start her life sentence, 1959, shortly after her trial, um, and she was being found guilty. And she would be moved to York, Nebraska, which was at the time the only maximum security jail in in uh, Nebraska. So she was she was moved over there. Um, so as she went over there to serve her life sentence. Would she or would she not serve her life sentence? I'ma say she did not. I agree. Well, you two would be right. (laughs)
1: Damn, what? What What
0: please tell me.
1: Tell me someone killed her.
2: Killed in jail.
0: (sighs) Nope.
1: No way. It got overturned.
0: She was a model inmate. Oh god she did good things for that maximum security she was so nice to the parole to the parole board and also she was very nice first off how do you get parole on a life sentence exactly you're found and and she she this is something that's pissed off people to this day because she found sympathy from people saying that no 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 the police got it wrong And there was this internal struggle inside the jail community and also the public that she was a uh, a unwilling participant like she was forced to do something so if she did do some stuff it was she was forced no one wanted to say she was a willing participant or they didn't there was a majority of people that said no give her a chance you know it was all the monster's fault you know she's been a great inmate since she's been there but again she never showed the emotion that someone innocent would show if they were innocent. Yeah. So.
1: I think he would have caught on to that if she had, if she felt bad about her family and what happened and she feared him, he would have seen right through her. Correct. And he would have killed her. Yes. I don't think that she would have lasted. So it's obvious that if she lasted that long, it's because she clearly didn't give a damn. And he knew that.
0: Yep. Oh, let me just correct something real quick. It was November twenty fifth, nineteen fifty eight, that they um, that uh, they were sentenced, and and then uh, you know, nineteen fifty nine, June twenty fifth was when he was put to put to death. So it's fifty eight oh. to fifty nine. Yeah. Sorry about that, but you're absolutely right um, on that one, Gabby. And uh, she would serve eighteen years out of a That's life. It. eighteen years. Yes.
1: Hey, man. So that piece of trash is out there.
0: Well, let's get to what uh, what she's been up to I think, since. I think she's dead. Really? Okay. I, th- I think she's dead. <laughs> well, she would be released June 20th, 1976. Uh, Fugit would go on to marry a worker uh, from the National Weather Service in 2007. Makes sense. She was dating the Stark Weather. Oh my god, that was such a reach! Did you hurt yourself, Matt? Reaching for that joke. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Proceed. <laughs> oh so, yeah, how do I follow that up? Um, <laughs> but it but she had retired a few years earlier uh, from a janitorial spot, so she had you know just before the uh, you know she she got married to this guy. Um she would retire, so she was already like having a somewhat of a pension, you know, and and then she marries a guy with a good job. Um the two would be married up until two thousand thirteen. And uh call it karma, call it whatever you want, but they the two I
1: already know where you're Oh go ahead. To remember the details of them stabbing the neck of the dad and the girl.
0: Well, that's that part of it. That part of what we talked about was whether or not you believe that she was innocent or not, because the stabbings, you know, could have been her, and 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 a lot of people believe it's Charles. There's, the jury is still out on this, like because there's no DNA, uh, you know, that you know, there, there's no showing that she had knife wounds on her hands, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know. He say, she say. But that's yeah.
1: because it happened after they were dead
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm so you know so that's that's still debatable to this day but I'm under the impression that she's just as guilty you know from what I've seen the, her actions afterwards and during I think she played the part to just save herself but when it didn't work she's like alright and she just went with it <laughs> and uh, but
2: uh, opportunists
0: yeah and you would think you know she's got a great life you know, she's it's two thousand thirteen. She's married to this guy for you know, working on a decade or at least, you know, seven years or whatever. And mm-hmm. living nice, living the life, and she got away with murder, literally. And um but she gets into a serious car accident with her husband. Mm. And her husband dies. Mm. Yeah, he dies in the car accident, and so she's widowed in two thousand thirteen. And as of in 2020, she tried to apply for the, um, and this is the part that pissed off family members of the survivor or the sur- survivors or the family members of those that died. She applied to the Nebraska board of pardons to try to get her uh, past erased as far as her criminal record. Oh no! And the families put up a huge stink about that, and it was withheld. So, so she did not. She was not allowed to um, get clear her, her record clear. Her record, and that was in 2020. And uh, she, this douchebag, is still alive and well, in parts unknown at this point. We don't know where she's living. Uh, this, to me, murderer is still out there.
1: I thought when you said "call it karma," someone got her.
2: That's what I thought. I thought maybe she got stabbed or, you know, she ended up losing her life somehow, some way.
0: I think that would have been good for the families of the victims. And I'm not wishing death upon anybody, even which I think is a piece of trash in her at this point. But I think Karma was losing that good life she had. She had Mm -hmm. a really good setup with this guy. And once he died, she kind of lost everything. So where she's living now is kind of a debatable no one really knows she, I'm pretty sure she changed her name too so uh, but the, yeah it's where we're at with this she's still alive you know I don't think nobody cares either
1: how does somebody get a life sentence and then behave good for 18 years and get released <laughs> after what a gruesome disgusting person they are yeah how they people and she, she had, had-
0: Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, I'm saying like your own family. Like, if you can't trust this person with a family of her own, what makes these morons think that she could be trusted with society?
0: Yep. And that's that's and that's the thing. Unfortunately, she had a lot of people in her corner at the time, thinking that she was too young. She, even if she did do it, she was manipulated. To give her a chance, and maybe some of those people, in their minds, were proven. Uh, right later on because as far as we know she's never offended since but like in the movie you know the uh, Woody Harrelson's uh, girlfriend is a willing participant because she gets off on it the same way he does and they go around murdering people like it's nothing And, and, and it's just a high for them adrenaline rush and maybe that was her thing with him gone maybe that whole lust of adrenaline goes away and she's able to readapt maybe but she got hooked up so many times i mean like after she gets like gabby said the 18 years out of a life sentence she gets with a good custodial job like maybe something like matt where it's like she's working it said she was working a janitorial spot but like maybe not high up like matt you know as a, as far as like a um supervisor or something like that but enough to get a pension You know, and then she meets up with a guy with a good paying job and everything else like that. Nice home. I mean, she got I mean, it's weird. She lived two lives. Still is. How does uh, does someone who I mean, and I'm all for,
2: you know, second chances and all that stuff. I get it, you know. But how does someone who is a convicted murderer who's supposed to be on life gets out after only serving 18 on good behavior? And end up in a good situation like that. Like, you know, usually it's deserving to those who deserve it. I'm not saying she was a horrible person afterwards, but I don't think she deserved that she should have been serving life. Cause I, I I'm with you, man. I think she did it. I think she was a willing participant and she murdered or participated in the murders of her family and other victims. She didn't deserve that good life.
0: I agree. And what do you guys think? I mean, that's the other thing that people, when they think about her and her should, should you know, have been still serving her life sentence. Don't you think, guys, at some point she could have ran from this guy or at least attempted to get away? I mean, they were dating. I agree.
1: What I agree? that in reach, that you're going to stab somebody's vagina that many times, take the knife and stab him in the neck.
2: Exactly. Hell has no fury. What's the what's the thing? Don't,
1: don't tell me that you you couldn't bother trying, you poor little thing. But you never cried a tear for your family.
0: Exactly, a scorned woman, Matt. But never.
1: off with her wing, too. Uh,
0: <laughs> what? That,
1: that's why I feel
2: like she did it. You know, she saw him trying to penetrate another
0: woman. She flipped. I'm like, uh. Uh-uh. Oh. Yeah, but like Gabby said too, like on your own family. I mean, damn. I mean that, that one right there is super low. And then those unsuspecting other people. And I agree with you, Matt, too. I mean, there's 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 I mean, she could have she could have stabbed him in the neck, like you said, like in the middle of the night when they're sleeping at, at that house with the bodies there. She could have easily snuck out and ran for help. Uh, but that's that's why the police were like, you know, it was never reported or never shown or she never said, or he never said that she was tied up at all, you know? Yeah. So that's, a, that's where that case is. And it's still, and it's funny because in Nebraska, it's still debated to this day whether she was a willing participant or not. When they talk about Starkweather and Fugate, it's always Starkweather was the mass murder. And then you have some people saying, well, I think she was guilty too. And then other people are like, she was a fine young girl. You know what I mean? So I don't know. They'll be the woods. Yep. I wonder what Marilyn Rice thinks. Yeah, well, she, she said she's going to let a lot of her family uh, listen to this podcast and her friends because a lot of them grew up in this time, like in high school or junior high when it was going on. And she said it affected the entire community. So a lot of her friends and family have vivid memories of that time period
2: now that you broke down this story very well Todd you did a great job I can understand why that name and how families didn't want to speak of that name and that a uh, teacher who was related to you know they didn't want to say his name either I, I get that because he did some
0: very gruesome things the devil. yep So, and, and one out of seven last note I'll just bring up on this case Um. so he was one out of seven as we know But his six other siblings wound up to be very respectable people in the community. And when they had to move because of things getting dicey because of what their brother did. But for all indications, none of them had any issues whatsoever. They were regular, normal people functioning in society. Did they have to change their name? I believe a couple of them did. I would have. can't say all of them, but I know a couple of them did.
1: So, yeah, I
2: would have, too. I, I have
1: no connection to yeah,
2: I would. I'm going to tell you honestly, I've never heard of or seen or bumped into anybody named Starkweather. So
0: it's safe to say they probably all changed their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, I'll post some pictures of what the dude looked like, but he, he did have that James Dean kind of look. And a cocky, I don't give a crap about the world. Like, Fonzie? Like, more more he looked like like let's just say if if Fonzie had a gun and he would take it and shoot everyone in happy days that would be uh, that would be Starkweather
2: wouldn't be called happy days I would
0: <laughs> but yeah that's that's the story Dang.
1: so how old is this hag now
0: Uh, let me look her up because I do believe 14 in 1939 right uh well he was he was born in thirty eight. Uh you get uh
2: let me look. And it was five years, so she if she was five years apart, she was born at forty three.
0: Forty three in two thousand twenty two. What is he like nine? Uh you get seventy nine years old right now. Yeah, seventy nine. And if you yep. see pictures of her, she looks like she doesn't care either. So
1: The system is jacked up. Mm-hmm. Mhm. That is the stupidest thing ever.
0: I agree. And I don't get how she got uh, as a as a convicted felon. She got a nice pension. You know what I mean? Like like, and she didn't even work that many years after she, you know, like like she didn't work like. Again, she's seventy nine now, and she retired in early uh, early two thousands. So, it's like she worked maybe what it's
1: all wrong while the rest of us struggle these jerks that do like the stupidest things get off so easy
0: yep yep so she's still living off that somewhere Mm. that murder yeah that's not just one murder you know i mean that's freaking 11 people maybe she's not maybe you can't tie in the 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 twenty-one year old, the first murder, because you know, she wasn't present for that one, but she was present for ten other murders. Ten. And her own family and two-year-old stepdaughter. Yeah.
1: Sister.
2: Oh, sister. I'm sorry, sister.
1: The only explanation here is she got some damn hate because that was her stepdad, and then her mom had a child with him. They must have loved that child so much and she must have felt like the hated left that one. So, she took out that anger. Once he shot them, she just had to, like, release the anger with the stabbing.
0: I can see that. That's a good point. I can see that. Jealous rage. Yep.
1: It's Mm. not this child's fault. If you're mad at your parents, like, she's two.
0: Yep. Mm. That kid would have been almost 68 years old today. Mm. Didn't get a chance to live. So, very, very depressing story. It is, especially when it involves kids. Yep.
2: Well, thank you, Todd, for breaking down that story for us today, sir, even though it's a very touching story. And thank you, Marilyn Wright, for the recommendation. We, um, we thank everyone for listening in. And if you guys have any recommendation that you want us to share, just uh, let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook and Instagram page. Uh, Just type in Grinding True Crime Podcast. There you can follow our page, like our page, and uh, comment on our page. And and like I said, you can leave us a recommendation, and we might get get into it when we can. Uh, If you want to continue to listen to us on our podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, itunes pandora and podvine and for those listening to us outside of the u.s you can listen to us on uh radio radio uh, sorry radio public breaker pocket Cast, and Podchaser. well that was our latest episode and we're about to sign off so this has been another episode of the granny true crime podcast and this has been your host maddie mad along with
1: gabby gab
2: and pod fox we are out of here.
1: Toodles.
2: Peace. Y'all come back now, Here. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs>